Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Kenny Albert. You're listening to the Broadway Hat Podcast with your host, Kyle Hall, the number one podcast for all things Rangers hockey. Welcome back to the Broadway Hat Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Hall, and it was a very interesting all-star weekend in Vegas for the NHL. Chris Kreider and the Metro Division win the the, uh, three-on-three tournament to bring home the million-dollar paycheck. Uh, Kreider ends up scoring a goal in the championship game. He had an assist in the semifinal game with the Metro defeating the Central Division in the final. Uh, it was interesting. It was a fun game to watch. Obviously, it's wide open hockey. Not a lot of defense being played, I think. Uh, the real... I, The NHL went out on a limb with the skills competition. I, and I think in any sport, the NHL has very good skills competition. I love the accuracy shooting. I think that... The playing card shooting this year was cool. Vegas theme, you know the uh, the puck uh, accuracy passing challenge they do every year out in the water. I think it was the Bellagio that was cool. Putting a Vegas element onto it. The only thing that I think the NHL might have struck out on, and I and I do applaud them for trying it, is uh, like the breakaway challenge with the four guys at the end there. Where they all kind of dressed up and did something crazy, you know, something stupid. Um, now the Troy Terry thing was awesome. It, it was very cool they invited him, even though he's not an All Star. Uh, it's nice to see the NHL try to get their young players involved. I think that's something that the NHL has not done in recent years. Um, you know, I saw an interview. I heard an interview on uh, XM Radio on the NHL Network 
with Gary Bettman during the All-Star game talking about wanting to showcase more of the young talent in the NHL. I think that's something that the NHL has not done a good job with. So for them to bring, um, sorry, Zegers, I'm sorry, Trevor Zegers in, uh, Troy Terry was the actual representative for the Ducks, um, to bring Zegers in, let him do the skills, recognize that this guy is blowing up as a superstar in the NHL. You know, the moves he's doing, the Michigan, the Michigan pass and all everything are getting huge views on social media. Uh, that was cool to see them do that. And some of the stuff was kind of corny. It, it was cool that the players bought into it. Um, I think they can maybe do a better job of that next year if they continue to go down that path. But um, in all in all, I thought it was a really good um, all-star game. It was very entertaining. I mean, it was entertaining skills challenge, entertaining games. So it's more they can be said about the NFL Pro Bowl, which seems to get worse and worse every year, uh, with more and more fans basically saying, why do they even play it anymore? Um, I don't think the NHL has that problem. So, um, you know, good job by the NHL putting on a great event out in Vegas. And uh, and now we come to the Olympic break, and the Rangers don't play again until February 15th. So they have a full two-week break uh, from their last game. And, and all in all, you look at the – I mean – if you were to tell me the Rangers would be in second place in division, you know, or tied, whatever they are, tied now, I'm sure it'll change because I think Carolina's got some games um, at the break here. But, you know, Chris Kreider leading the NHL in goals. Adam Fox basically right there again for Norris Trophy. Igor is actually now the betting favorite to win the Vesna Trophy. I mean, what else would you want from the Rangers to start this year off halfway through the year? Um, so I've seen some negative articles I know um, ESPN came with an article asking if the Rangers are for real, uh, which was it's a tough read seeing some of the names that were in there talking about how they think they're kind of a fluky team. And, um, you know, Wojcicki was a guest in the show, so didn't like to see his name on it. Uh, I understand where it's coming from. Obviously, the Rangers aren't the best five-on-five team. But if you look at it the other way, you know, that's a, an area that they need to break out in. And when you have special teams that are top five power play, top 10 penalty kill, you know, one of the top goalies in the NHL, uh, it's not all about Igor. And, you know, the, the article said, you know, Igor is the only thing that's keeping them from, from falling apart. Um, you know, if that's the case, he should win the, the Hart Trophy then. Um, he should be the MVP of the league as well as the Vesna if that's the case. The Rangers continue to, to roll the way they are. But, you know, I'm a half, I'm half glass full on this because I – I think the Rangers are legit. I think they have legit. I think I think Chris Drury's done a good job building this team, you know, adding the toughness factor to it. Um, and then I see Stan Fisher came out. Uh, Fisher came out today with a, an article. Uh, obviously, a New York hockey legend. He comes out with an article saying what a dream scenario would be for the Rangers and Panthers to play a playoff series because they're so evenly matched. Well, in my eyes, the Panthers are the top team in the NHL, top team in the East. So. If Stan Fischer, who knows hockey, been around the game for 90 years, if he's saying I want a Rangers-Panthers uh, because he thinks that would be the best series possible, then, yeah, he thinks Rangers are a legit team. And, you know, this article is kind of nullified by ESPN. But whatever. There will always be haters. He's got to roll with it. The Rangers can only control so much. Uh, but now we get into the uh, the quote-unquote Olympic break. This gave you some teams that are going to make up uh, COVID games. I know the Islanders and Devils will be playing a couple games because uh, of all the games they lost due to COVID. Uh, but when you take a look at the Olympics, I'm sure some people will tune into the Olympics. So women's hockey has started already. 
Um, when this comes out tomorrow, I believe USA and Canada will play tomorrow for the women's, so that'll be an exciting game to watch. And the men's start off this weekend. Um, we've had 11 former Olympians on the show. Um, we had uh, Darius Kasparitis, who I think has the most all-time Olympic games played for uh, Team Russia. Uh, we've had Barry Richter, who was on the 94 U.S. team. Uh, Tim Sweeney, who was on the 92 U.S. team. Uh, Kevin Miller, who was on the 88 U.S. team. Uh, Ryan Malone, who was on the 2010 uh, silver medal uh, U.S. team. Chad Clark, who was on the most recent United States team. Uh, Doug Litzer was on Team Canada in 84. Theo Fleury was in uh, 98 and won the gold in 02 for Team Canada against Team USA in Salt Lake. Uh, Thomas po- uh, Polk uh, won the or uh, was on Team Australia for two Olympics in 02 and 14. And of course, Rob McClanahan. Uh, Team USA in the 1980 A Miracle on Ice team. Oh, and John Tripp uh, also played for Team Germany in 2010. Uh, so 11 total former Olympians we had on the show. Um, so actually this week and next week we're going to showcase uh, showcase them uh, on our Twitter and our social media with our Olympians of the day so you can go and catch up on those episodes because we talk about the Olympic experience in all of them. So uh, very cool stuff from, from all those guests we had on. And uh, if you're looking for some Rangers to root for, uh, at the Olympics, here's a couple of names that you might remember. Uh, for Team Canada, they have Adam Tambellini, Eric Stahl, Adam Cracknell, and David Desjardins on Team Canada. China, so China's a weird, I don't understand how this is legal, but because the Chinese hockey does not is not good enough to play in the Olympics, although they're the host country, so they get a free, uh, they get an auto bid, they're basically just submitted the KHL, Chinese team so there's guys I think there's like 11 Canadians there's like a bunch of American guys so they basically just play in China in the KHL and they somehow got a waiver to play for China Olympics very weird like Chris Chelios's kid Jake Chelios is on this team so you know Chris Chelios who for years was a, a U.S. hockey legend you know his kids gonna be playing for China in the Olympics very odd very weird how that played out um, but Ryan Sproul former Rangers on that Chinese team um, I think the most interesting thing is no Kratzoff for Russia. So Vitaly Kratzoff did not make the Russian Olympic team. I thought he was a lock to make that team. I thought for sure we'd see him there and he'd probably light it up and make Ranger fans feel bad about him not being on the team. But, uh, no Kratzoff, uh, to watch there. Team Sweden has former goaltender Magnus Helberg, um, as their goalie. And then Team USA has, uh, former head coach of the New York Rangers, um, David Quinn, as their head coach. Uh, the GM also has a Ranger connection, John Van Beesbrook. Um, or I, I think Van Beesbrook's a GM. I'm not sure. what They've had so many changes because of COVID. I think Van Beesbrook's a GM now, um, or at least he's very involved with the team. And then for players, Stephen Camford, a former defenseman uh, who's playing in the KHL, also played for the Rangers a couple years ago. Uh, so there's a couple. I, I, I might have missed a couple, but... Uh, those are the ones that I saw from former Rangers that are playing the Olympics to keep an eye on. Uh, so if you do tune into the Olympics, you might see a couple of names that you recognize from over the years playing uh, for the Rangers. And then uh, you know we're coming up quickly on the March 21st trade deadline for the you know for the hockey. Um, you know what moves the Rangers make when they, when they come back. Uh, you know when the quote unquote Olympic break is over, which would be the 21st. So the Rangers do have a couple of makeup games that they'll play later, um, I think it's like the 15th, 17th, uh, next week. 
Um, but you know, it was kind of designed for uh, basically a month after the Olympic break ends, um, the trade deadline happens. So, um, you know, I don't know. I, I would love to see them make a move sooner than later. I am a big proponent of getting a guy on your team for more than just the 15 game stretch run at the end of the season. Um, especially with kind of a back loaded, you know, some of these teams have a lot of games towards the end of the year, um, like the Islanders and devils. So the Rangers don't have that many, Makeup games, which is nice, but you know, you like to get these guys in sooner than later because of COVID protocols and everything else. Like, you never know. So, I wouldn't mind seeing the Rangers make a move in February uh, rather than March if they know what kind of guy they want to target. Like I've said it on the show, I like Toffoli, I like Kessel. They need another scorer. I don't know about a veteran defenseman. You know, who knows what Nemeth's deal is? He left the team before. Um, the all-star slash Olympic break now. And this kind of is like an undisclosed reason. Um, so who knows what his deal is, but I don't know if that's a the direction they go as well. Um, it'd be really interesting to see, but they definitely need some kind of secondary scoring brought in uh, to help either on that second or third line. You know, I would think you bring someone in for the second line um, or, or first, whatever, whatever you do with Kako and Lafreniere, you need one more guy to kind of help with that and kind of move Dryden Hunt down the line with that fourth line again where he's, you know, played well down there. Um, that I think that benefits and helps the team the most and kind of stretches the roster out and, uh, and you know, maybe allows Barkley Goodrow to play less top six minutes, more bottom six minutes where, you know, it really uh, benefits the Rangers roster. Um, but this week's guest, uh, great interview. Really enjoyed talking with him. Uh, current May Mariners goaltender, Jeremy Brodeur. So if you... You hear the last name, it probably sounds familiar. The son of Martin Brodor, um, you know, probably top three greatest goaltenders of all time in NHL history. And that's from a Ranger fan talking about a devil. Um, you know, an unbelievable career his father had. But uh, Jeremy is having a great career himself. Uh, we talked to him about his outstanding OHO career in Oshawa. Um, you know, he had a PTO with the Rangers, but he played for the Rangers in Traverse City uh, and also attended training camp in 2018. Uh, so we talked to him about that experience with the Rangers, um, playing in the AHL for the Binghamton Devils, you know, playing with his dad's old organization, and the great year he's having now in Maine. Um, guy's been on fire lately. He's six and one since the calendar changed to 2022. He was uh, in January. He was named one of the, uh, he was the goaltender of the week um, in the East Coast League. So really fun conversation with him. But before we send it off to our, our interview with Jeremy, I do want to tell you about our sponsors over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Here's some big news just in time for the Super Bowl. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is officially live in New York State with mobile sports. That means you can place a bet no matter where you are. If you're on the couch, if you're at Madison Square Garden, anywhere in New York City, uh, you can now bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, and DraftKings is making it even more exciting. Listen to this. DraftKings is giving new customers a special offer that you don't want to miss. Bet just $5 or more on the Super Bowl and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. Um, and also, they have this new thing with uh, prop bets. I mean, they are awesome. And you can bet anything. You know, top receiver, jersey number, or the first touchdown scorer. You know, will there be a blocked punt? You know, everyone's favorite, will there be a safety? You know, will there be overtime? Um, basically, anything you could think of, you know, how many yards on the first completion? You can place those prop bets and parlay them as much as you want. 
Uh, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. Sign up using the code BROADWAY. Uh, and bet just $5 or more and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's code BROADWAY this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner, uh, Super Bowl 56. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for further details. Must be 21 plus and physically present in New York. Gambling problem? Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. We are now joined with Maine Mariners goaltender. He is red hot right now, uh, fresh off of a 43 save victory this weekend. Since this calendar has changed to 2022, you're now six and one on the year. Uh, Jeremy Brodor, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah, so I mean, you're red hot right now. So uh, what's going on with you? Uh, you know, obviously the Maine Mariners are, are, are rolling along, but you, since the calendar has changed, you've been on fire. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started BetFred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetFredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think our team, like we kind of went through a, a pretty big rough spot um, leading into Christmas. We weren't winning too many games. We kind of got on a little cold streak. So I think, the, you know, it was a great mental reset for our team in general to have, um, you know, those four or five days off for Christmas. And I think we kind of hit, hit the ground running since then. And, uh, you know, things are starting to click. So you just had a 43 save OT win this last weekend. How are the legs feeling from that? <laughs> uh Weren't too bad. It was just, uh, you know, maybe the, the long bus ride home after affected it a little bit more. But um, not a legs felt good. It was good to, you know, sweep the weekend. We have, a, I think it was our first weekend sweep against the same team. So uh, the boys are pretty proud of that. So I usually ask goaltenders when they come on the show how they became goalies. I think that's a really interesting thing. But uh, some people who obviously know your last name and background probably will figure that out. But when did you decide you wanted to be a goalie? Uh, oh. I think you know, I was 10 years old. Like, so I remember when I was nine, I was playing forward and I scored zero goals in the season and had one assist. So I think I said, uh, well, I'll put the pads on instead. 
I also no. had my, my older brother playing goalie too. So that was pretty fun. I was like, your older brother also played goalie too. He actually ended up getting drafted by the devils as well. So, uh, you know, all in the family there, but growing up, obviously a devil's fan other than your father, was there a favorite player? Uh, for, I mean, for goalies, like I, I always looked up to Pecorine. Pecorine was one of my favorite goalies, uh, growing up. And as far as just skaters, I was a really big Joe Thornton fan. Yeah. It's crazy. He's still getting it done now. Yeah. Now it's awesome. Um, so growing up around the rink, obviously your father played so many years in New Jersey against the New York Rangers. Uh, so, I mean, how cool was it seeing those Ranger, uh, devil rivalry games that your dad was in and played out? I mean, literally his entire career, the Rangers were, uh, rivals with them, uh, two of the best teams in the East forever. Yeah, no, is they definitely had a pretty cool rivalry. You could definitely tell every time, you know, especially because the teams are so close. Like you go to Rangers games, there's always Devils fans. You go to Devils fans, there's always Rangers fans, one way or another. So it's just, it's a pretty cool rivalry between the fan bases. Uh, is there a year growing up that was like your favorite watching? Like obviously, there's a couple Stanley Cups in there, but. Was there a year that like stands out to you from your childhood as either like the team was really awesome to you or is there anything like stands out from that? Um, I mean, I I would say I appreciate it more when, uh, like as I was getting older. So like, I mean, one of my, like the, one of my later memories was their, their cup run against LA. That was a pretty fun year to watch for me, you know, um, you know, they weren't really expected to do like crazy, crazy good, but they, you know, made it to the finals and had a good series against LA. So as you develop as a goaltender, you end up going to Shaq St. Mary's, which is an unbelievable hockey program there. So how did you end up there? What was that process like? Uh, so, well, my my older brother uh, went to Shattuck, and he originally got there because my dad was playing with Zach Parisi at the time, and he recommended it for, uh, for him, and he liked it his first year. So then we applied and uh, ended up going there uh, my freshman year of high school. And then I spent the uh, I spent the next three or two three years that I left after my junior year. Yeah, I mean, you had a great run there, and you you play with some great players. But one guy I want to bring up, Ryan Lindgren, uh, who is a Ranger fan favorite. The guy bleeds every game. I'm sure it was awesome to see him uh, line up on the D uh, in front of you. Yeah, no, he's uh, even back then. Uh, Ryan was definitely a great team player. Always always led by example on the ice and. Uh, I mean, you know, obviously very glad to see that he's having success with the Rangers and kind of made a name for himself there. Yeah, I, I love Lingren. I mean, I, you know, people call him the warrior. It's like a nickname, but it's true. Like the game really doesn't start until he starts bleeding. It's crazy. I don't know if he just had, I don't know what his deal is, but that guy is bleeds every single game. And you got to love it. I mean, he's just such a hard nosed <laughs> player. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's fun to watch. It's fun, fun to see him getting done in the back end there. Uh, another guy on that team who is really coming to his own, especially this year, Clayton Keller, uh, incredible player. Uh, some guy who I wish I seen a Ranger jersey in the future, but uh, I'm sure he was lightening up back then too. Yeah, so uh, it's funny you mentioned that. So those uh, those two were our only two sophomores that made our team that year. So it was, um, you know, they were both obviously. You could tell that they were special players, and you know, Clayton's a fun guy to be around too. He's he was probably one of my, my better friends on the team back then, but um, no, it's, it's fun to see having success. Like you just watch him in the, uh, the all-star game, all the things he can do is little chip shots and everything. He was doing that back in high school. Too, so <laughs> <laughs> He was doing that to you in practice. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, 2013, you get drafted by Oshawa in the OHL priority draft. 
Uh, was there any thought to go on the college route or were you always looking at the OHL? Uh, there was, there was, I, uh, cause Shattuck obviously, uh, you know, pushes their players more uh, to go the NCAA, NCAA route. It's, I would say it's less traditional to go to the major junior way, but um, no, I ended up, um, I think the thought process behind it was the potential of playing more games than in a college career. Cause you know, you're not really guaranteed to start your, um, your freshman year in college. And if you back up two years and play two thirty-five game seasons, whatever it is, um, it felt like it was going to be uh like more of a chance to, you know, develop better and play more if I went the major junior route and it ended up making sense and they had a spot for me in Oshawa. So I I ended up going that route. Yeah, I mean your first year, I mean what a what a season you had there. You went 13, 4 and 2 and you guys win the OHL Cup and then you win the Memorial Cup on top of that and then you guys you and uh I cannot be combined to win the um the lowest uh, goals allowed too so I mean <laughs> hell of a first year yeah no definitely a, a very fortunate team to be on for uh my, my rookie season you know obviously I was going from high school hockey to that so it was a big jump so uh, the fact that I got to you know still get into like 20 25 games whatever it was and you know obviously I was playing against like the the bottom half teams and our starters playing, playing the good teams, but, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to leave that out. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was, it was very good for my development to, you know, get a good feel to, um, you know, take over the reins that you're after. What was that run like the Memorial cup? Just being, you know, obviously you see, you know, playoff hockey. Like, did you see the intensity just rise as the season went on and on? Uh, yeah. I mean, we, we, we could tell that we were a, pretty uh you know it was a pretty special team like we we always found a way to get it done most nights like um and then first round of playoff first two rounds were kind of like a easy little walk through and then once we got to like the semifinals and playoffs that's when things really start started to kick in we we're playing against some really good teams and uh, we ended up beating erie in the finals which was uh pretty cool in five games and then the next year you take over as a full-time starter um, and you, when you have another, you have a great season, you have six shutouts in the year, which I believe is time for the franchise record there in Oshawa. I think it still stands. There you go. There you go. Um, so we'll take it. Yeah. You're, um, it was second in the OHL that year and, uh, your 54 games, I think it was fourth. So, I mean, jumping into that second year, you take over pretty much, you're the full-time starter playing almost every game. What was that difference like from the first season? Like, how did you, uh, I guess, mentally prepare yourself for that year? Uh, well, so I really going like that summer, I really didn't know what the deal was going to be. And I think I kind of, I hit the ground running and was, was playing very well off the start. So it was kind of just like a, a run with it type of thing. And the season had its ups and downs. We weren't really great. We were a very young team, but I was, um, you know, learning as I go on, uh, to prepare yourself, like to play back-to-back games and whatnot. Now talk about back-to-back games. Is there how do you approach that like differently than just playing like on a Monday than a Thursday? Like, is there a certain recovery thing that you do right away after games or like, how do you prepare yourself for that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, definitely, uh, I would say like you, you see the trainer a bit more and just, just try to make sure it's, it's not more about after the game. I would say it's more in the morning before the second game that you really gotta just make sure you do, you do a little extra work to get your body ready to play. And then your third season there, uh, even better than your first season as a, as a starter, 33 wins, third in the league there, uh, fourth in save percentage. I mean, you played extremely well that year as well. Um, I, I guess going into that third year, how much confidence did you have knowing that you can play in the league and 
uh, I guess, obviously you built up the experience the first two years. Yeah. Um, going into my overage year, you know, you're supposed to be an older, older guy on your team and a, and a leader. And so I felt like I was ready to, uh, you know, play that same workload and, uh, hopefully try to win a couple of playoff rounds. We fell a bit short in the second round, but, um, it was a, it was a very good year. I had a great goalie partner in Kyle Kaiser, who's actually, uh, the goalie up here in Providence right now. But, um, no, we definitely got along pretty well and uh, put together a, a good season. Anthony Sorelli was there too with you, a guy who has now won a couple cups down in Tampa and just kind of an unsung like hero down there to all those uh, Tampa fans. They love him. A guy who was kind of floated around as maybe a trade piece before the whole Kucherov hidden on uh, the IL last year. So I thought the Rangers might get their hands on him, but I love that guy. What a good player. Yeah, and there's uh... – there's not a guy that I'm happier to see do well. He's a, he, he's very nice kid, very humble. And he works so hard off the ice is, you know, I think everyone on our teams, those years in Oshawa can, uh, and all the staff and everyone can say that they're really proud of the way uh, he's penned down to the player he is. So you wrap your career there with 70 wins, uh, 70, 40 and 10. So an unbelievable record. You're an undrafted free agent. So what was that process like for you wrapping up your OHL career start knowing that you want to go professional uh you know when the phone calls start happening for you like how what was that process like uh what actually happened pretty quick like i mean i thought i had a good enough fear to uh you know potentially get like an ahl contract or maybe even better or whatnot and that that call never came but um i i mean i would say mid-july i got a call to to sign in wichita in the east coast league which is where i originally signed and then I got cut right out of camp there because they had contracted goalies there and then went down I didn't really know I was kind of debating between you know just going to school and you know uh, taking my years of development there and then maybe trying to get in a few years but um I ended up just trying to go to the I went to the SPHL for just the training camp and then I think first game of the season a goalie got hurt in the Allen Texas and that's kind of where my pro career started. Yeah, so you get to Allen in uh, San Jose's organization, and you play 39 games there. What was the adjustment for you coming from junior to play in the coast? Was there a big adjustment for you from a goaltender standpoint, or was it kind of just uh, similar hockey? Um, I mean, I would say from the OHL, like the OHL is honestly very skilled. Like when you're playing against the best, the best there. Like, I mean, from a skill perspective, you could argue it's probably more skilled than – like the, the game, but, um, you know, older guys, guys maybe shoot a little harder and there's, you know, just bigger bodies out there and it's harder to see through screens. I would say maybe than it was in junior, but, um, you know, quick adjustment, like, like, like I got a pretty good workload there as well. Like coming in, I mean, I didn't really expect to play at all. And then I ended up getting to play a lot, which was awesome. But, um, I know I, I would say I learned pretty quick. Like you play a pretty tight schedule in the East coast hockey league. So, don't really have a choice but to learn. And then next offseason, so you, you sign a PTO with the Rangers and you go to Traverse City with them. I think that was your was that your third Traverse City you went to? That might have been it was the second or third. I don't remember yeah. which one. I think I think it was the second. No, it was the third. Uh, yeah. So I mean that tournament in general, how cool was that tournament for prospects to kind of showcase their skill? Because you know, almost every NHL team is there and the stands are pretty much just executives. 
Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. I started in myeloma nearly 25 years ago. And at that time, the average expectation of life in someone with myeloma was maybe one to two years. But even just in this last 10 to 12 years, we have doubled, if not tripled, the average survival of patients. I saw a new patient this week, and we had this conversation that based on what we've done over the last decade, my expectation is that patient's going to live more than 10 years. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Iowans, you have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started Betfred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetfredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Yeah, no, it's uh that that tournament's awesome, and um I would say like uh you could uh like you could argue that some of the best players in the NHL are there. So it's um you know like you you play against guys like my first year I was on a, like we had Zach Wierenski there and other teams I forget I mean I forget off the top of my head who was there each year, but um you know it's cool you get to see like the top prospects from each team and like. Also, a lot of guys that I mean, hockey is a small world, so like you know, a lot of guys there. It's a, it's a pretty cool uh, experience to uh, you know be around, and you're playing with NHL jerseys too. So, you know, it's a it's a, it's a pretty cool feeling, I would say. So you get to obviously sign with the Rangers, and you put that Ranger jersey on in Traverse City. Is there a part of you that was like, this is just wrong? No, I mean, I thought it was funnier more than wrong, but uh, <laughs> uh, it's it, it's pretty cool. I, I was going back looking at some articles written up and, and some actually people were posting some tweets about it. And a couple of devils programs were like, it's sacrilegious seeing Brodora's name on a Ranger jersey and everything <laughs> else. <laughs> I'm sure for you, it's just another great opportunity, obviously, in your career to kind of showcase your skill. Yeah. No, anytime you can uh, show people what you can do, it's um, it's a fun opportunity. And the, the Rangers had a bunch of guys who are still, in the, you know, obviously in the Rangers now. Uh, on that team too. And, and Ryan Lingren, your former teammate at, uh, at Shattuck and Philip Heedle and Labor Libor Hayek and Tim Gettinger. These are all guys that are yeah. now playing the NHL level. So that's gonna be pretty cool to see that. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of guys in that tournament, it's uh pans out that way for them. I mean, some teams, like I think I, when I was in Dallas, we had like a uh, Rupe Hintz, Garyanov and uh, Jason Robertson who all, uh, also coming to their own pretty well, I'd say. And you go to main camp with the Rangers as well, right after that. Uh, what was that experience like? Uh, very cool. It was, um, I mean, obviously, I, I've, I mean, I've been to a couple main camps, so it's very cool to see how different teams operate and what and what they do. And I really like the, the way the Rangers, uh, you know, r- ran their camp and whatnot and being on the ice with, uh, again, such great goals like Georgiev and, even though Lundqvist was out there too, which was very cool. Yeah, did you have any uh, any interaction with Lundqvist at all? 
a little bit we had just small talk but nothing uh nothing too big it's just uh um <laughs> i think i just I think he i think he just bugged me out when we first met he's like oh recognize the last name or, or said something <laughs> like that <laughs> you know and yeah he's a guy who obviously i think your dad gets he gets compared to your dad a lot especially you know obviously new york and new jersey there and um so it's got to be pretty cool you know playing with him and um how about benoit Lair? i know obviously you were there for a short time but working with him uh goalies rave about him as a as a coach yeah no he was a, he's, he's a good goalie coach uh every goalie coach has their own little philosophies and the way they teach it and whatnot and i've been fortunate enough to you know have experiences with a bunch of different goalie coaches and different organizations but um no uh, uh for the short time we we're there like uh for the goalie sessions we're not ben was a uh, very insightful and you know preaches a hard work ethic as well anyone shot stand out from that rangers team was there anyone that was uh difficult to stop uh, i mean i would say during main, main camp anytime crowder came down i didn't think i was stopping the puck but <laughs> <laughs> who's got the who's got the heaviest shot you faced ever yeah oh that's tough I would say I, I played a preseason game with Columbus one time and I took an Alex Petrangelo one timer as far as like heaviness. I mean, obviously I was spur of the moment too, but um, that one <laughs> fell pretty quick. I think I didn't even see it come. It just hit my pad, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I can't imagine Kreider's speed coming in on goalie. How fast that probably comes in on you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, he's, he's a great player and he's having a crazy year too. Yeah, it's all clicking for him this year. I mean, he's got the his speed has always been there, but now he's got all of a sudden these unbelievable hands in front of the net, which he's had <laughs> for a lot of years. But uh, I feel like anything he tips this year, he's like Pavelski now in front of the net with the deflections. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, after that camp, was there any talk of staying with the Rangers? Like, was there any contract discussion there or no? No, nothing at all. I don't think they really had room. I think they just need an extra body for camp, but um. You know, anytime you can go somewhere and make an impression, you you hope at some point it helps down the road. So, um, no, I was very grateful to be there and, you know, get that experience and never know in the future. Yeah. And that year you split with Allen and Norfolk too. And Norfolk's such a great town. Uh, I'm sure you probably enjoyed your time there. Uh, after that year, though, you went overseas. You played in Budapest. So what was that experience like? What led to you going over there? Uh, yeah, very, very cool experience. Um, you know, European hockey is so different schedule wise and style wise um i mean i signed with atlanta that summer and then they got two goalies from boston sent down so um or one and they didn't have room so then i was again trying to have a find somewhere to play and i didn't get uh too many calls in the first month of the season of um i was in peoria just uh kind of waiting hoping uh to get a call somewhere and then the opportunity came over in europe so I, I jumped right on that figure to be a very cool experience. And, um, you know, the hockey's very, very different out there, but it's also pretty skilled. Like they're like, it's, you wouldn't think that, uh, hockey's very great and hungry, but, um, they got some good players. Like the top half of the, our league was very, very good. So it's, uh, you know, shocking. And as far as a traveling experience, like it was awesome to live in a, a city like Budapest. Yeah. What was the travel like for the league though? Was it a lot of, was it buses or was it planes? Like how that? Uh, it was, it was mainly buses. Everything was in Hungary except two teams were in Romania. So those were a bit longer trips, but um, I mean, I would say no longer than eight hours. Yeah. 
everything else was within two hours other than the Romanian teams. Or the, uh, the, the crowds like there or the fans like, uh, very energetic. It almost feels like you're at a soccer game. They got chance, they got flags and all that good stuff. And you finished the year over in England, right? Uh, what was that like? Uh, again, very cool experience. Sheffield's an awesome city. I never got to actually play, but, um, yeah, but we got shut down with COVID oh, okay. uh, a couple of weeks when I was in there, but, um, it's a, a very, very cool place to play. They, they pack a building of 8,000 fans and they're all wearing orange and they, it's a, that's a pretty cool and fun league to be in out there. And it's like, they got some pretty high profile resumes playing out there on some of the teams. So it's a, I, I was shocked with how good the hockey was. I didn't think it was going to be as good. I thought it was going to be better than Hungary, but maybe less than the ECHL, but I would say it's pretty similar. And last year, so you signed with Binghamton. Uh, how cool was it to play in the Devils organization, you know, and obviously an organization you grew up your entire life, you know, around? Yeah, that was uh, very cool, especially because we were playing out of the Prudential Center because uh, because of COVID. It was, uh, I mean, we had a, a lot of goalies and they just had Corey Crawford retire. So I think they needed an extra body. And so they gave me the call and I obviously said, yeah, straight away. And it was a really cool experience, you know, to be, practicing and being around like an AHL environment for the whole year, you know, getting to work with a goalie coach every day is a privilege that not everyone gets. So it was, um, I thought it was a very good year for my development. And then I ended up getting to play a few games towards the end of the year, which was, uh, another great experience. Yeah. And you had a couple call-ups, the American hockey league before that, but, uh, you didn't see any game action, right? Yeah. Correct. So the getting to the game, like, what were the nerves like getting to your first American hockey league game? Um, I mean, I would say the first, first little bit was pretty nerve wracking, but, um, I, I got settled in pretty quick. I think I got bombarded with like eight, 18, 20 shots in the first period. So <laughs> didn't really have much time to, to feel nervous after the puck drop. Do you prefer like Igor Shosturkin says he prefers more shots. I think he's something like nine, you know, in, in 40 plus save games. Do you prefer mm-hmm. like a 40 shot night or like a 20 shot night? Um, it's so there's so many variables when it comes to like a shot count, right? Cause it's all about the high quality shots. Obviously if you can see 70% of your shots that are non-dangerous, like, you know, from the, from the wall or on the ice or little things like that, then yeah, obviously you want more shots like that, but um, you know, a 20 shot night can be tough. I mean, I personally don't have a problem seeing less shots. <laughs> I, I think I could keep a, I mean, a lot of goals, it's a mental thing, right? Like you see the other goalie make a lot of saves and you get one shot. You're like, well, I got to save this one or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But um, for me, I would say it doesn't matter. Uh, you signed with Boston uh, this last off season. So what was training camp like this year? How tough was it? I guess just in COVID in general, like finding ice time and getting ready for these last two seasons. Um, last summer wasn't too difficult. Um, so summer before that, obviously was a little, a little different, but um uh no i definitely find like i have like a a men's league or like a pro men's league that i play in and then i I find a few days a week to skate with my my goalie coach out here in jersey and then uh so you signed up boston so what was that training camp experience like you know they got some big time offensive players in that team too i'm sure you saw in practice (laughs) yeah no it was very cool um 
very nice people in that organization with uh with even like with their leaders with like Marshawn and Bergeron and Felino, like very welcoming people and um definitely made me feel comfortable being there but again in the practices very cool you know seeing shots from him and you know Pasternak and all those guys who was the toughest one there uh i mean i would have to say Pasternak he's a he's he's got a and he's (laughs) yeah no definitely tough to stop those ones still stopped a couple i think but uh (laughs) (laughs) how about charlie mcavoy obviously unbelievable player uh do you see anything out of him in that camp like obviously how smooth he is in the end uh well our training camp was we're split into two different groups we're half and half so um i didn't get to see too much of him but um obviously very special player you know great at what he does march on chirpy at all no i don't think so the only the only chirp i got was uh from pasternak Called me colorblind because I had my devil's pads on still. <laughs> do you get chirps? Do you get chirps about being, you know, the son of Martin Brodor? Or is it not really? Um, not really anymore. I mean, maybe yeah. more in high school, junior, but like, yeah. I mean, it's something I grew up with, so it's not. <laughs> I don't really. <laughs> and people say I've heard it all, so it's is what it is. So talk about this season. Um, so you signed a contract with Providence. Uh, you've been been up and down a couple of times, uh, but you've been mostly in Maine. Uh, Thirteen and seven this year. You were just named in January. You were one of the uh, week's uh, goalie of the week. So I guess what what kind of confidence you have this season rolling right now? Obviously, when I've had other goalies on the show, they talk about when you're seeing consistent playing time, how you can really lock in and get comfortable in the net. So is that something you're seeing this year? Uh, yeah, no, I feel like, um, no, we started the year off great. I, I had a couple good games, so I feel like that gained a bit of confidence with our team and, and coaches. So like whenever the opportunity comes for me to maybe play a game or to play, like, I don't think my coach has a, or, or coaches have any like confidence issues with saying, okay, like he's good to go. But, um, yeah, no, when you're seeing a lot of playing time, it's, um, it's definitely easier to get in a groove than uh rather getting sporadic starts so i mean so far this year i think i've played at least one game in every weekend whatnot which is um pretty fortunate to uh you know get that workload and and as a goalie like you kind of have to want want that workload want the net so it's um no it's 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 been a good year so far it's had had its ups and downs but um a little mental reset after christmas and um sees our team having a lot more success as of late, which has been really fun. And we hope to keep that going. So you, you got three assists on the year so far. What's uh dishing the puck out there? Is it a lot of drop passes? Or are we making some long distance passes at the ice? I, I wish I could say they were nice passes up the ice. Only one, only one of them was a save though. Two of them were passes. Okay. But just little passes up the wall and then little bang, bang plays. But, um, <laughs> yeah, to get a couple more of the boys out. I was gonna say, I mean, you're uh we're waiting for that first goal. Have you scored a goal ever from goal or no? Hi everyone, I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered Podcast. For this special two-part episode, 
you'll hear up close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I've tried many times. <laughs> it's coming. What's the what's the mindset? That is it like the the two goal lead with the goalie pull? Is that when you you have full reign to, to shoot it down, or is it any time? Uh, so in my mind, two goal reign. I can take risks to do it. One goal game. If it's a perfect opportunity, I'll still take it. <laughs> so pretty much, it's a green light no matter what, anytime. Yeah, but um, <laughs> I, I would say like. The, like for me to score on a one goal lead, like the puck would have to be shot, like, like dumped in at me. Like directly yeah. to you, everyone's still in, you know, over the blue line. Yeah. Like they're, they're trying to bounce it off me. Then I covered or something, but like, if it's behind the net, the, those are tough to like get an angle and shoot it. Is there any part like, all right, they pull the goalie up. Like, like you're up either two or three with like three or four minutes left. Is there a part in your mind? That's like, I'm going to try to shoot if this puck comes in right oh, now. Yeah. It's probably one of the first that crosses my mind. <laughs> <laughs> also, when a shutout, you're up, you know, you have a shutout going like five minutes left. Is there like, what part of your brain do you, do you recognize you have a shutout going? Like, is that something that's obviously in your head all game long, or is that something that kind of hits you uh, towards the third? I mean, I think as soon as you get halfway through the third, it's kind of when you're like, okay, well, this might happen, but I don't think I have one of these mostly yet. Came close a couple times this year, but um, let it go with like three minutes left. I think couple couple weeks ago, but um, yeah. So it's I mean it's I I personally now I don't think about it anymore. If it happens, it's gonna happen. But <laughs> as long as we win, that's uh the stat that matters for me. Is it more aggravating letting in a goal with three minutes left of a four one win? Then uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah for sure. <laughs> um, goalie fights. I, I don't think. Have you been in one or no? No. Has, has anyone like... asked you or no? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I would say yeah. I mean, I would if the guy asked. I'll now. I I don't. Well, I'm not really a fighter. I would say. <laughs> you so not called, ask, you, but... you haven't called anyone out yet at, at mid ice. No, not me. <laughs> but if someone uh doesn't give me the option i mean is what it is <laughs> <laughs> i feel like in the coast that can happen at any time and yeah, any, oh, any yeah. Time. <laughs> i've seen a couple um talk about the olympics the olympics are obviously happening right now uh the men's uh the women are, are already started with a hockey the men's kickoff this weekend your dad was in four olympics uh how many have you gone to over there what kind of experience was like for you to go to those games uh, I've been to three Olympics. Obviously, they're very, very cool, very special thing to be a part of. Um, I mean, the only one I was really old enough to take anything from was the 2010 when they won in Vancouver. But um, no, definitely cool experiences getting to travel to some cool cities and, uh, you know, not even just see hockey, see some of the other sports as well. 
Do you really like the pin trading and stuff like that? Like, do you ever get into that yeah. kind of stuff? Oh, yeah, we got really big into the pin trading when I was younger. I still got a whole bag full of them <laughs> um, back home in Jersey. I was just looking at uh, an Instagram today. I forget what athlete it was. He was showing like his pins off, and it was like, you know, he's got something like 300 pins he's collected in the last like two Olympics or something. So, um, yeah. It's gotta be cool. I would love to go to one of those to one of those events. Uh, even not even hockey, like you said, like speed skating, like stuff like that. Like, oh, it's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah, Vancouver had to be very cool, obviously in Canada. But if uh, obviously you're a dual uh, nationality in, in U.S. and Canadian, so uh, who do you root for in a U.S. Canada game? I I, I root for Canada <laughs> just because because my dad played for Canada, so it's it's hard not to. But um, yeah. But I mean, if, you, if USA called, I mean, if they called, I would go. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, it's the same thing with like regular hockey nowadays. Like now, I you know, guys I grew up playing with that play um, you know, in the NHL now, and like I, I root for those guys um wherever they are. So if I had more friends on Team Canada, I'd probably root for Canada. If I had more friends on U.S., I'd root for U.S., so. Very neutral uh, statement yeah. there. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's uh, What's been your favorite city to play in so far? Um, I mean, I, I would say playing overseas in, in Hungary was the coolest experience. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I would say, I, I mean, I love it here in Portland. Portland's a great city. Very uh, unique and different compared to, like, um, you know, New York or boston or anything else but um um, i I mean i would say i i really enjoyed playing in texas texas was a very cool place to be and uh to play hockey there even how about your favorite arena so far Ooh, i think my favorite arena like that i played in professional hockey would be um in boise idaho okay i don't got a pretty cool setup there and they got a pretty crazy fan base yeah, we, had, we had Sean McBride in the show. He He's playing out there this year. He said he loves it yeah. so far. Yeah, very, very hostile uh, environment to be in, which is always always fun on the road. Um, How about you got a favorite guy to watch now in the NHL? Is there a favorite goalie you like to watch? Uh, Right now, I would say I, I really like watching UC Saros. I think, you know, he's kind of coming to his own this year too, and he's – He's very fun to watch to see how he manages his crease and everything being a smaller guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably the smallest goal in the NHL right yeah. now. Yeah, he's having an unbelievable year too. Yeah, no, he's uh yeah, he's he's awesome to watch. He he battles hard for every puck and he's you know there's, there's a lot to take from what he does. His pads, we, we gotta get you some bright yellow pads like him then. Yeah, no, I'm in. <laughs> How about uh, your your helmet design, like designing your goalie mask? How cool was that process? Like, what what kind of input do you give to someone like that uh, to design that? Um, that's actually funny. Um, so whenever I get masks done, there might be one or two things that I want on there. Then the rest, I kind of let the artist be an artist and um, figure that out on their own. And I've always I've had some pretty cool masks just going throughout juniors and even the the one the guy made last year in Binghamton I um I told do whatever he wanted on it and he came up with all that so it was very awesome yeah that's, that's one thing I always like wonder like how much uh your input like the players input is to that and how much yeah, the artist no, is, I, I, I mean from what I know I would say most guys have 85 percent of their uh 
like what's on their mask is what they ask for. And what is that? And for your pads, like you just got brand new pads too. So what did you go into designing that, or is that something that you kind of said? Like- uh, well, yeah. So my my helmet's from last year, but um, yeah. I, I mean, I I would make them correlate a little bit. I would say. Yeah. Um, looking ahead to the rest of this season and, and in general. So, uh, what's the outlook the rest of the year? Like, obviously, COVID affected some. So I know you guys got a busy schedule coming up. Uh, so what is that, that kind of prepping for you with like a busy schedule as a goaltender? It's a busy schedule. I mean, we have a, a, a pretty good goalie tandem here with me and uh, Callum Booth. So we're, you know, we're not really playing too many back-to-backs each as long as we both keep uh, the pace we've been doing since after New Year. We're, uh, you know, we're just going to take it one day, one day at a time. And our, our team's in a playoff push right now. So hopefully – secure that and hopefully uh our, our you know our march early april isn't going to be as stressful as it will be for some teams uh, come that time and how about uh what's your favorite prank either you pulled or you've seen on someone i don't know that's tough i i mean i i would say that the clear tape on the blade is always these by by far the funniest one but um i haven't seen much of that this year yet <laughs> do, do people prank the goalies they kind of let the goalies just kind of be uh i haven't got pranked yet so hopefully none of them watch this but <laughs> um last question for you before i let you go when you look back at your career so far and obviously you have a ways to go now but is there a moment that stands out to you uh like either like you know like a, your first professional game or something like that that kind of stands out maybe in the world cup um from your career um yeah i mean i, I mean i would say two moments when we won the memorial cup in junior was a very significant one um and then maybe my first game last year in binghamton my first ahl start was another another one i'm proud of even though we didn't get the win i thought i i did i over exceeded my expectations for myself and i was i was pretty proud of that thanks so much for joining us this week and uh, we'll be watching the rest of the year and best of luck thank you for having me Thank you so much to Jeremy Brodor for joining us this week. Uh, what a fun conversation. What a great guy. Uh, I really appreciate him taking the time. And uh, he was in there in between road trips right now. So they were up in Quebec. Uh, they took, you know, they bus back to Maine and now they're going off to Newfoundland. So uh, busy schedule there for him. And I, I can't thank him enough for taking the time to come on. And uh, we'll definitely be rooting for him in Maine for the rest of the year. We've had some great uh, guests from the Mariners. So I can't thank them enough for making their players available uh, to the podcast. Um, you know, I really appreciate they have a great team and, and great organization up there. So uh, thank you to them for, for making Jeremy available. And thank you, Jeremy, for joining the show. And we can't wait to see. Hopefully he keeps up this hot streak. Like I said, the guy's been on fire since the calendar's changed. Uh, he's having a really good year with Maine. And who knows, maybe we'll see him uh, in Providence soon, too, uh, with the Providence Bruins. So thank you, Jeremy, so much. And that does it for Episode 61 of the Broadway Hat Podcast. Make sure if you get a bet on the Super Bowl this weekend, make sure you do take advantage of that DraftKings promo. Uh, you know, basically free money. So make sure you enter that code Broadway if you do end up wanting to make a bet in the Super Bowl uh, and uh, and get some uh, free money there. So, uh, you know, can't beat free money, right? Uh, and if you do, uh, make sure you enter that code Broadway uh, on DraftKings Sportsbook. Follow us on all social media. You can find the show on Twitter 
at Broadway Hat Pod. You can find my personal Twitter account at KHOLNY. You can follow the show on both Instagram and Facebook at the Broadway Hat Podcast. Again, make sure you uh, tune into our social media. We'll be showcasing all of our past uh, guests who were Olympians uh, as the Olympics are now uh, taking off. So make sure you check that out. And also make sure you go and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we are still partnering with Alex's Lemonade Foundation for every five-star review left. A dollar is donated to the foundation to help fight pediatric cancer. So thank you to everyone who has participated and left us that five-star review. It really means a lot. We've raised over $60 so far. Uh, so it's an awesome cause. I'm so happy to team up with them. Make sure you go on Spotify and follow and, and um, leave us a five-star review there as well. Uh, you can also find the show on Pandora, Google Play, any, on Amazon Music, uh, Spreaker, anywhere you get your podcasts, you can find the show. And also make sure you now check us out on Burns Radio. So the brand new Belly Up Sports Radio Network is now officially launched. Last week was the first week. So thank you to everyone who tuned in last week and this week on Burns Radio. Uh, pumped uh, for this new uh new adventure with uh, belly up sports and uh, the new radio company. So thank you to all of our new listeners there and we'll see you next week. You have dozens of betting options. Try a sports book built by bettors and run by bettors. Fred Doan started Betfred over 50 years ago with funds from a winning bet, and he's been known for delivering the best betting experience ever since. Visit BetfredSports.com to give us a try. New customers betting $50 get 111 in Fred bets and up to 200 Fred bets per week for five weeks. Terms apply. Proud partner of the Iowa Cubs and Iowa Wild. Must be 21 plus. Wagers only accepted in Iowa. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF.